Hello, I'm Andrew Tuck and you're listening to Tall Stories on Monocle 24, brought to you by the team behind The Urbanist, the show all about the cities we live in. This week, we visit the recent winner of Monocle magazine's Quality of Life survey, Copenhagen, or rather, one of its less successful districts, Erstel. This new town development shot up around the turn of the millennium, but despite its proximity to all the things that makes Copenhagen great, it finds itself struggling to develop a personality all of its own and a sense of place for its residents. To explain more, here's Christian Green. For many, Copenhagen conjures images of colourful buildings tightly squeezed along busy harbours. Maybe they think of old cobblestone streets winding through the medieval city centre, or of the crowds of Danes sitting out in streets and parks, drinking Carlsbergs and coffees, and congregating in the sun wherever it shines. But if you hop on the M1 metro line and ride just 10 minutes south from the old city centre, you'll find yourself in a sort of reverse image of Copenhagen, a place where the buildings are large and grey, the roads are wide and straight, and the historic city gives way to a much more modern international style. This mirror to Copenhagen is called Ørestel, and the region was once Copenhagen's big vision for how the city would redefine itself coming into the 21st century. To do this, Copenhagen created Ørestel as a new town, a concept originated in post-World War II England, where a community is entirely pre-planned and built with the intention that it will be fully self-sustaining. Ørestel was to be a town unto itself, not just a housing district for Copenhagen. But over the past three decades, the Ørestel project has had some very mixed successes, and it carries important lessons for Copenhagen and other cities as they continue to grow and plan major projects for the future. Today, Ørestel is a roughly five-and-a-half-kilometer corridor that begins where the traditional neighborhood of Isensboiga ends. From the northwestern tip of the island of Ama, Ørestel extends as a narrow line directly south until it runs into the preserved natural area of Calvabulfela. On a map, it looks a bit odd to see a town plotted along such a straight and narrow line. They typically radiate out in a more circular shape from a center point, but Ørestel follows this linear path for a very specific reason. It follows the metro. That's because Copenhagen's metro system was actually built in conjunction with the development of Ørestel. In fact, the symbiotic metro and town were proposed in the same piece of legislation, the Ørestel Act of 1992. And in many ways, the Ørestel Act had just as much to do with building the metro as it did with building a town. You see, though Denmark is known as a very rich and prosperous nation today, Copenhagen experienced a difficult economic period from the 1970s through the early 90s. So when Ørestel was proposed in 1992, it was not only sold to Parliament as a new town for people to live in, it was proposed as a public-private partnership between Copenhagen, Denmark, and private financiers who would bring in an influx of international capital and new money into Denmark. To attract investors, Copenhagen would plan to create the metro line, which would serve as the major transport artery through Ørestel. In turn, the municipality would sell plots of land along the proposed metro to these private investors, and the money made from selling that land would be used to finance the metro itself. 
the land was attractive because of the metro, and the metro was to be built with funds secured by land sold on the promise of its own creation. It was both the chicken and the egg in a sort of self-fulfilling financial prophecy. And now today, you can easily see how this financing deal laid the basis for the shape and rhythm of Uristel. The town is dominated by massive architectural projects, many of them congregated around each stop of the metro. Across the street from Uristel Station, Fields Shopping Center, Denmark's largest indoor mall, takes up a full square block complete with a trampoline park, children's playgrounds, and a gym. Just a few hundred meters away from Fields sits the recently completed Royal Arena, a massive indoor stadium that holds thousands of spectators for international sports events and Denmark's largest concerts. From there, one metro stop away brings you to Bella Sky Hotel, twin buildings with a sharp and sleek glassy style that contains four stars, 23 floors, and if you haven't sensed a theme yet, was the largest in Denmark when it was completed. Adding even further to Aristel's architectural prowess, the region is also home to three buildings from Big, the firm headed by Denmark's biggest architect, Bjarke Ingels. These include Eight House, which earned the distinction of Housing Building of the Year from the 2011 World Architecture Festival. So, Uristel has succeeded in some of its goals. It's attracted some major investment, its development spurred the creation of the Copenhagen metro system, which has since been expanded multiple times, and it attracts architecture fanatics and students to the region to visit this new town and see the buildings and people who live there. Which brings us to Uristel's failures. In many ways, Uristel looks like an architecture model that's been scaled up from a boardroom table to life-size, and in many ways, to live there feels like living in a model. That is, it doesn't feel like a place built with a focus on the people actually living there. In the older neighborhoods of Copenhagen, like nearby Islandsboiga, local shops dominate the storefronts and people fill in the spaces, shopping, eating, or just sitting out in the sun. It's the sense of local character and a human-scaled neighborhood that makes living in Copenhagen so appealing. But because of its linkage to the metro, Uristel feels more like a series of station islands within a long, empty ocean of concrete than it does a contiguous community. It has the bones of infrastructure, but its wide distances between buildings and a lack of human density make it feel like it's missing the rest of what it takes to be a community. This new town's top-down creation came at the expense of any bottom-up personality, so that it not only looks much different than the rest of Copenhagen, but to live there feels much different than the rest of Copenhagen. And Uristel is not alone. Since its creation, Copenhagen has continued to create newer neighborhoods such as Sulhound to the west, Norvest to the north, and Norhound to the northeast. Many of these have so far faced similar struggles of a top-down approach resulting in little local character. But that doesn't mean it'll always be this way. Many of Copenhagen's most vibrant neighborhoods today dealt with their own growing pains throughout history, and Uristel is still relatively young and undergoing development. Maybe there's a chance that it can change its path and develop that local energy that's currently missing. But that change in culture won't happen without a change in developmental strategy, so that the focus is shifted away from a global international scale that Uristel was founded on, 
and the priority is brought back to the local, human-centered approach that makes the rest of Copenhagen so great. You've been listening to Tall Stories, a Monocle 24 production. Today's episode was written by Christian Green and produced and edited by David Stevens. Remember to tune in on Thursday for the full 30-minute edition of The Urbanist. I'm Ajitak. Goodbye, and thank you for listening, city lovers. (laughs) 